Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And today we have another great show for you. Today, Armin and I will be talking about how you should train if you have joint pain or tendinitis. And how does nutrition and supplementation affect joint pain? So a lot of good information to get into. And Armin, uh, you know, a lot of people do have joint pain and tendinitis, and it's tough to train when you're going through that stuff. So I, I really think this is a great topic for us to cover today. You know, everyone runs into this issue at some point, right? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I've had to deal with it with clients, you know, over and over um, just because they don't know what to do and uh, they just can't get the right kind of guidance or information to, to mm -hmm. correct it you know unfortunately the medical community is not much help on this um from what i've seen so that's the that's the biggest issue well you're going to help some people out so maybe you could give them some key things to keep in mind when they're doing some weight training with joint pain or tendinitis yeah so you know, the, what's going on is when you have that joint pain and you, you have inflammation all right, so the area is inflamed, and so we need to get the inflammation down. It's kind of a no-brainer there. And so what you need to understand is if you use too heavy a weight, that will cause swelling because you're, you're, you're engorging the muscle with blood, and it's going to affect the joint. So too heavy a weight, if it causes the swelling to come up, it's going to cause more inflammation. So you have to back off the weight. So what happens if you use lighter weight with more controlled tempo, uh, you're going to get the blood flow in the area, which helps the, you know, the, the healing. That's what you need to do. You need to get it to heal, but don't overdo it with doing too much volume. Right. Again, right. You don't want the area to swell anymore, but you want to work the area so that you get the healing process going. Now, with that being said, most likely you're going to need to modify the exercise, you know, the, the movement part, um, or find different exercise that's not going to affect the area so directly. And mm -hmm. that, then that just means working with the right coach on that that can understand that. And so that's why I have to help people with a lot. <clears throat> well, obviously reducing the weight is going to help and going higher reps is going to help, even modifying the movement like you said. But, you know, all of that makes sense. But what about tempo? Because we've talked about that in the past. So that's the thing with tempo. Uh, when you have a slower tempo, which is preferred for this, is you take the you eliminate the biggest problem, which is momentum. You know, when you're lowering a weight, if you lower it fast and then push it up, you got momentum coming up and down. The same thing with pushing, etc. So right. when you have a more controlled tempo, you control the weight all the way down, you control the weight all the way up. You're going to eliminate that that force of the uh, momentum. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that I like to to recommend for people, especially with a serious injury, that's really uh, hurting them or uh, they're, they're really you know, having problems with is do what I call super slow training or 10 second or 10 count up 10 count down type of uh, cadence okay 
super slow is just moving the weight very controlled for a 10 count you know so if you're going to lower the weight you got to lower it for 10 counts so it'd be like thousand one thousand two thousand three etc and then when you get to the bottom of the position you pause and then you do a 10 count going up so thousand one thousand two thousand three so that type of training is not about using repetitions it's about using a timer mm-hmm. so you, your minimum time under tension to get the rehab part to work with lightweight using this is 30 seconds so as you get stronger which happens pretty 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 quickly then once you get to like a minute 15 a minute and a half then the good news is you get to add more weight and keep pushing yourself to get things back get the strength back especially in the joint area Interesting. Okay, so I know that having the tempo correct is important, but how many reps do you recommend using lighter weight for the less inflammation? So if you, if it's something that you have to use really, really light weight with um, just because of how much it hurts, mm-hmm. then you, you can also not necessarily do the slower tempo. You could do uh, higher repetition schemes. And so you still want to control the weight up and down. Right. But, well, I've done, I've done this before, so I had to rehab a pulled hamstring. So in that case, you know, I've got a lot of scar tissue in there and the area hurts. And so I had to start with, you know, basically 20 pounds, but I was, I worked up to like 50 reps. And so okay. when you use light weight and do that many reps, you're not going to get, you're going to get blood flow in the area, but it's not going to overwhelm it. So it starts to swell back up and it was very effective. I mean, it was a matter of weeks before I was moving up to the, Hmm. 50 pounds and this then the 70 and then I, next thing i know i'm right back to where i wanted to be or i could use heavier weight and then you know less reps to really push myself okay i mean you're also going to be be surprised that if you do this you know you won't lose your strength you'll be able to maintain your strength that's the one thing i've also found which is um which is really cool because you know anytime you have inactivity you gotta get some muscle atrophy all right. But once that pain subsides, you can start adding the weight back in. It's, it's pretty exciting. It means you're, you know, you're moving, moving in the right direction. Absolutely. Now, I know I felt soreness before, but what happens if you're starting to do these exercises with this inflammation or the tendonitis and you feel a sharp pain? What should you do? All right. In that case, you just need to stop immediately because okay. you need to determine you know why it's so sharp so that could signal that you may have a tear or something is torn in, in the in the general area with a ligament or tendon something like that or okay. it could just be pinched you know these tendons ligaments they lay they lay in slots and so if those slip out of the slots and they get pinched it can cause pain and that's a you know a red flag that hey you, you, if you keep pushing it something's going to tear or, or it's going to go bad so mm-hmm. do that first uh, and so what we're really talking about here is when you're doing, when you're working through this, if it's a dull ache that can linger, but it goes away, then that's just a mark of inflammation. Sharp pain okay. is typically a mark of a tear or something is about to tear or something is pinched. All right. So what if you're feeling a pain as you're exercising at a certain point, like, uh, for example, if you're doing a shoulder press. And you're about a third of the way up, and all of a sudden you feel that pain. Um, how would you handle that? So there's different things you can do there. You know, you can obviously adjust your positioning of how you're doing the movement. Uh, the other thing you can do is just shorten the range of movement to work in that range that's not painful. 
Okay. Uh, and then continually, you know, as you improve, kind of keep playing with the range of motion to see if it's it's getting any better. Because as it heals up, the range of motion will slowly get better and better. I've seen that happen a lot. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you that way you don't keep aggravating the area, um, which can cause another setback. I mean, it'll just start flaring right back up. A- absolutely. Um, how about the blood flow? You know, I, I mean, when it comes to blood flow, it's important for the healing of the muscle, I guess. But you talk about the blood flow to certain areas. Exactly what does that do, Armin? So what you're going to get with proper blood flow to the area is that helps the healing process. That brings the nutrients into your system so it can help speed up the whole process of healing. So, you know, the protein and, and the fats and things that the body needs to do the repair work, that's what you're doing. You're getting it to the area that it needs it uh, the most. And if you don't do anything, it can it can stay inflamed even longer right. just by doing right. an activity. It's just like in the hospital when somebody does a surgery, they don't have them keep laying around. They, they get you up and moving again pretty quickly because that helps speed up the healing process. Absolutely. Uh, they, they, they used to let them just lay in the bed and, you know, right. that time take its, take its toll, but that doesn't work. <clears throat> right, right. Okay, so a lot of people like to warm up or stretch before they work out. What about that? Okay, so when it comes to uh, warming up and stretching, um, the way I like to do it, my warm up is just going to be heating the body up. So that's just doing some cardio or some moving exercises like jumping jacks, high knees, something like that to, to get the, the body heated up. So the tissues mm-hmm. are going to be ready to do the work and you get more blood flow to the joints and get more lubrication to the joints from, from the water and stuff. And then the stretching to me, you want to do it at the, at, after you're done because you right. have the, the area with a good amount of blood flow in there. It's, it's fairly pumped up. And so you just, you want to be cautious with it and just kind of do like static hold stretches or you can do moving dynamic stretches but if you do a static hold just try to hold for that range of motion that doesn't hurt and then for like a 30 count and then keep trying to extend it to make it you know, see if you can go further and further without it being hurt hurting so that's how mm-hmm. i normally do it okay all right now how long does it normally take to see some relief to this pain well it's going to vary from person to person obviously uh, but usually if you're with clients I work with after several weeks, they're going to, they're going to see it start to improve, you know, pretty rapidly. Uh, then after that, it's just a matter of, again, nutrition, which we're going to talk about that, that'll help speed up the process as well. But doing these slow control movements and doing them, uh, not over without overdoing it with the resistance is the best way to go. And then it keeps improving. Okay. Well, as we wrap up the segment, any final thoughts on this topic? Yeah, the key thing is, is just to be patient with the process. Uh, I mean, and if you do that and just like some people don't like doing the 10, 10 count up, 10 count down, but I was no different. But when I did, right. I was really surprised how much better I got week to week. And so typically on in an injured area, I don't train it more than once a week um, or, you know, absolutely no more than twice a week, but it depends right. how it feels. So once a week to make sure I get maximum recovery from it. And I was really surprised at how quick the uh, response was. Um, mm-hmm. But one of the things you, you don't want to do, do not do this. Do not work through the pain. That is not doing anything but making it worse. And some guys, they think they need to work through the pain because it's like when you play sports, you work through the pain. You, you play through the pain till, till the event's over and then work on healing. You don't do that with weight training. You're just going to create a lot more problems. And you're probably going to tear 
or something even worse uh, by doing that. Right. That's, that's what I would say. <laughs> well, a lot of great information, Armin. Um, and I encourage everybody, you know, to take a look at NSP Nutrition. There's a lot of great supplements on there, all natural and very, uh, well, a quality product to help you achieve all of your fitness goals. Also, you got some cool apparel. I mean, look at the shirts Armin and I have on. Uh, you know, I've, I have my Vince Garanda shirt on today. So, you know, everybody check out the new shirts that are on NSP. And uh, stand by for a quick word from NSP Nutrition. And Arm and I will be right back. Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Echelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills. And let's get into the topic of how does nutrition and supplementation affect joint pain? You know, this is a pretty hot topic because there are tons of supplements out there that are advertised for joint pain. So let's start with nutrition first, though, Armin. What do you recommend? Well, you got to stay away from high inflammatory foods. And so what causes inflammation is sugar, too much sugar, unfortunately, uh, especially with fructose, uh, processed carbs. So processed foods not going to help you at all. Uh, okay. Peanuts are not good. So you want to stay away from that. Processed oils like canola oil, vegetable oil, soybean oil, safflower oil. These oils, because of the way they're processed, are going to irritate your your, uh, your joints as well. So okay. not a lot of benefit of... Uh, of eating them period from a longevity standpoint gotcha now, another thing that's really important that people don't may not realize is drinking lots of water you know this helps to you know cleanse the the system it keeps flushing these uh the different things out of your system so that you don't need any toxins and things like that you're gonna get those out of your system constantly and that's going to help reduce inflammation so you're flushing things you're flushing and then you're re bringing in fresh nutrients so it just keeps it keeps that cycle going. Interesting. So are, are there certain foods that help you reduce inflammation? Well, based on some of the science are saying that, you know, fatty type fish like salmon, tuna, uh, even sardines as a couple of as some examples. These are very good for inflammation. Now, also just taking omega three fish oil is another great one when we're talking about supplements, but fish, you know, Fish fat is good for you, pure and simple. Um, so that's a good thing. Other things that are good are nuts, except for peanuts. And that's really mm -hmm. not a nut anyways. It's more of a root. But peanuts can help with that, especially almonds, which have some omega-3 in them as well. Uh, walnuts are, are another good source. Then when you get into the oils, olive oil is very good, uh, especially the, the virgin olive oil. And then peppers, bell peppers, chili peppers, avocados. These are, are great foods to help with inflammation um, because they stay in the system and they help your hormones to get, get the nutrition they need too. So that's another reason for that. But those would be some really simple ones to, to start out with. And obviously you can look up more depending on your palate, what you like to eat. Mm -hmm. Hey, if you haven't tried sardines, you don't know what you're missing. I mean, uh, yeah, they're actually pretty good. <laughs> they are. They're very, very good. I mean, for some reason, when you look at the can, they don't look very appetizing. When you open them up, you're not sure. But once yeah. you start eating them, uh, you'll be glad that you did. They're really tasty. So, 
All right, so Armin, really, what do really we need for you? Hey, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, all right, so what do we need to know about anti-inflammatory meds like ibuprofen and other things that are out there on the market? Well, that's one thing I, I'm a little more cautious about because what I've learned working with a lot of clients and uh, even taking it myself, uh, they'll jack up your liver enzymes, and that's really not what you want for long term for long term strategy. Some people they just they'll take ibuprofen, you know, right months on months on end. And I highly recommend not doing that. So right. you don't, you, you, you got to kind of stay away from those, you know, ibuprofen and, and, and uh, acetaminophen and these different ones. Um, you could use it very short term, but if you keep using long term, it's going to start to affect your liver enzymes. And that then that's going to cause the doctors to say, hey, what's going on? Uh, it's, it's just not good for you. <clears throat> Absolutely. Well, are there any options out there for the people that are taking ibuprofen right now? So from what I've learned, you know, use it all myself because I had a low back uh, problem for a little while is I was, I had a client mentioned uh, to me, Hey, won't you take Formula 303? I'm like, uh, okay. I mean, I was pretty skeptical. <laughs> I mean, right, it was. Right. So, you know, I looked it up. It's a valerian root extract. And so I decided to try it and I was totally shocked. It worked so well. And the thing with, with Formula 303 with the valerian root in it and a couple of herbs, is mm-hmm. it doesn't up, doesn't jack up your liver enzymes, okay? And you can take it like almost every three hours. So, it, and I've got clients I've used it with, and they were they were also shocked by how well it worked. You hmm. get it, you know, you get it on Amazon or health food stores. Uh, it's very effective. Uh, it's you know fairly cheap, and it works. I highly recommend hmm. that. Okay, okay, yeah. I had somebody recommend to me too this uh, stuff called I think it was Curamin. And uh, it's all natural. Yeah. Okay. 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 So um, anyway, okay. Well, if, if all that fails, is a prescription out there that's available that is okay or safe? Well, there are some, before we get into that, there are some supplements that uh, you can take on top of that to help. Oh, okay. Okay. And so for me, you know, what I've learned trying different solutions, uh, the NSP does have a good one. It's called the Joint Relief Pro. And what you're looking for in these joint relief supplements is uh, Boswellia extract. That's really the key. Because you're gonna they're all gonna have glucosamine and chondroitin and all these other, you know, that it's helped with some cartilage effect kind of thing. But right. that's kind of medical. Right. Okay. If you get the Boswellia extract, uh, and then with with the uh, NSP, it also has turmeric, which converts to curcumin. Uh, with it and plus some SMN is another supplement that's supposed to help with the joint lubrication area. So it's a good product to use. And so I would use that and you just take these until the pain goes away. Then you just, you're good to go. You don't need to continue to take them. Okay. Um, and you just have a lot of inflammation. Then the other one, which is really effective uh, on top of that is krill oil, K-R-I-L-L. Uh, and it's, it's like fish oil, but krill has the xanxin in it. And this xanxin, it's what turns the birds pink when they eat it. Krill are like little shrimp looking things. Uh-huh. So it turns flamingos and these other birds pink. And so like when you take it, it like for females, it can cause their urine to be a little, little pinkish color because of the way it flushes. Hmm. Very effective for your joints. And you can take wow. that twice a okay. day. And you can also take that with fish oil. Even though krill is a fish oil too, I usually take both. 
And you can do that on a maintenance program to keep your inflammation down all the time. What it also does is improve your, your cholesterol readings too. It'll change that by up to 30 points on your cholesterol. Wow. Okay. So, you know, it's a really good way to go. All right. So a lot of good supplementation options. So I, I kind of jumped the, <laughs> I actually jumped the gun on the prescriptions there, but exactly uh, what would be, you know, some options out there as all else fails. You got to kind of proceed with caution when you get to the prescription world, but mm -hmm. I've had some clients that have benefited. Uh, you know, the one that's pretty popular with the, you know, regular doctor is a cortisone shot. And that does help reduce inflammation at a pretty high level. But if you do not adjust what you're doing, what has happened is when the cortisone wears off, then the biggest problem you're going to have is that it, you're getting, the pain comes right back. So right, that's why you have right. to adjust everything because you don't feel the pain because you got the cortisol reducing the inflammation. So that's one okay. option. Uh, and that's a pretty, that's a real popular option. It's always available at any medical office. Now the newer okay. ones, as far as I'm considering, as far as I'm concerned, these are newer would be BPC 157 and then TB 500. And these are peptides. They're just amino acid combinations <clears throat> that have okay. shown to really, you know, help joint pain. So let me uh, just kind of highlight, you know, BP, BPC 157. So, BPC stands for body protective compound. So that's what they named it. Okay. Uh, it's a, it's a pep, peptide chain that consists of 15 amino acids uh, that has been researched and is shown to have high level of, you know, biological healing activity. So they have studies on this. All right. And it's, and it's derived from uh, protective protein found in the stomach. So it can be, you can use it orally, subcutaneously, uh, intramuscularly or intranasally. So you have a lot of ways you can apply this particular anti-inflammatory peptide. Hmm, so, and, okay. And, and these aren't cheap by the way, but it is, I bet. Of course, are, it depends on where you get it at and the quality, but you know, they have found that it really heightens the type of, uh, different types of tissues from tendon muscle and uh, the and nervous system. It tends to really react well. So on top of that, like we talked about blood flow, it does increase blood flow to the injured site. So that's another thing you can do um, to really improve yourself there. Okay. Okay. Um, what about the the other one that, uh, what was it? TB500. That's not TB500. Okay. Yeah. It's not Tom Brady 500 either. So this is another naturally occurring peptide that's found high and high concentrations um, and blood platelets. Um, right. But the TB500 that you would use is a synthetic, synthetically derived version that comes from the technical term, the TB4. So what this does, it facilitates uh, comparable healing and recovery by helping to build new blood vessels, muscle tissue fibers, blood cells, and facilitating, facilitating cell migration. So it's, Mm -hmm. It's a pretty unique product. And so, um, you know, it, it also, they use it for wound healing. So that's another mm -hmm. thing. So with interesting, these, even though these products are somewhat similar, you can also take them together um, to get a, you know, a, a totally different combination. So if you had a really bad injury uh, and it's, and you're really hurting, this would probably be something that you want to consider if, it, if nothing else is working. 
because these, these aren't cheap and they typically require a medical mm-hmm. professional. Well, a lot of great information, Armin. Uh, any final thoughts as we wrap up? Yeah, for me, I would start simple uh, with nutrition and then obviously use the supplements as needed to see if you can get the, the, the inflammation down. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you need to go the peptide route, just understand that you typically need a medical professional. It's not going to be cheap. Uh, you have to tip it. If you want the best results, they typically want you to check the area that the pain is at with these peptides. So whether you do one or the other. So you do need a good medical professional that can explain to you all the steps necessary if you end up going that route. But, uh, different people, that's a, it's an alternative. Uh, but we're, what we're trying to do is cover these are the things you can do to get it under control. And once you get it under control, then you know, use your diet so it doesn't continue to, to creep back up on you. And make sure you do your movements so that it doesn't aggravate it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Armin, a lot of great information. And if somebody has more questions, that they would like to add on to these topics, uh, just it's easy. All you have to do is go down into the comment section there on YouTube and add your comment or question, uh, or you can email us at support at nspnutrition.com and we'll be able to elaborate or who knows, maybe we do a part two to this show because a lot of people have experienced this. And, uh, you know, like I, I said, you know, I was in inside the supplements store the other day and it's all natural but when i got to joint pain relief i mean it was almost the entire aisle of supplements so yeah there's, you know, there's there, a lot uh, there really is it's, it's a big market so yeah yeah well armin again thanks for all the information man oh no problem hopefully everybody got some good takeaways there's a lot to know on this anyway but we'll we want to make sure we gave you some highlights or some simple things you can start to do to start getting some you know, some benefits. Absolutely. Well, everyone, thanks for watching or listening to the NSP Nutrition Show and join Armin and I next week for a brand new episode. And thanks again for watching. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP Show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP Show at the checkout. Catch you next time.